Lord's Supper this morning, I would like you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 21 through 23. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 21 through 23. This is a passage that we looked at before in our study of 1 Peter, which I have been preaching through. But I'm going to use it this morning as a foundational passage for a review of the first three chapters. So that's what I want to do. We're going to look at a number of verses this morning. So you might want to have your Bibles open to those first three chapters of 1 Peter. But this will be our foundational passage. This morning we come to what I would call kind of a pause in this series on 1 Peter. We finished chapter 3 last week. And as you've heard this morning, next week we begin our missions conference for four weeks. And then, as many of you may know, Easter falls early this year, so it is the last Sunday in March. So we'll go from the missions conference to Easter, and then we will return to our study of 1 Peter uh, in April, in the first Sunday of April. So, this passage has really been a key in these first three chapters. And Peter writes, For to this, Christian, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. I have entitled this communion devotion, Suffering, Submission, and the Lord's Supper. Our first point this morning is submission and suffering. Two difficult words, but two very important words in your Christian life. And I want to start with submission. These two words have been a huge part of these first three chapters. Submission to God himself and to God's design for humankind is an important part of our obedient Christian life. So we'll start with submission. Submission to God And submission to God's design is a very important part of our obedience in our Christian life. The God of heaven and earth has designed into the very fabric of human relationships this important principle called authority and submission. We are called to submission in our relationship to human government. We are called to submission in our relationships at the workplace. We are called to submission in our relationships at home. We are called to submission in our relationships in the church. As I have shared with you many times before, submission is a beautiful word when used biblically. And so we have to continue to work hard to put off the 
strong negative connotation that comes with this word in our culture. In God's eyes, it is not a negative word. It is a very positive word. It is a very beautiful word. Submission demonstrates our acceptance and or demonstrates that our acceptance and joy come from Christ and not from dominating others or demanding our rights. Submission is a great act of faith on all of our parts because in submission we trust God rather than trusting our own human inclinations. When you see a person who says, I will not submit to the government. When you see a person who says, I will not submit to my manager or my supervisor. When you see a wife who says, I will not submit to my husband. When you see a husband who says, I will not love my wife in an understanding way as Christ loved the church. When you see any of those attitudes, I want you to know this morning that person is in direct rebellion against God. Now, that can happen even in a Christian life. Let us beware of the rebellion in our own hearts against God. In 1 Peter 2, verses 13 and 14, he says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor's or excuse me, to the emperor as supreme or to governors. Chapter 2, 18, chapter 2, verse 18, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Chapter 3, verse 1, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Chapter 3, verse 7, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Which, which means to so study and understand your wife that you will love her with tenderness and gentleness. We have been called to submission. That brings us to our second word, and that is suffering. As we live in submission and obedience to God, we can be sure that we will also suffer. As we live out God's design for human relationships, as we live in submission to God, as we live in submission to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we can be sure that we will face human opposition, that some will be against us. And this should not surprise us. In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and verses 18 and 19, Jesus said, If the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That, that is why the world hates you. 1 John 5, 19, a verse that has always fascinated me. As John says in his epistle, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Two things we know, child of God, two things we know for sure. Number one, we know that we are the children of God. 
Number two, we know that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now to 1 Peter in the first three chapters. Chapter 1, verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. For this is a gracious thing, when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But... If when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Chapter 3, verse 9. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Chapter 3, verse 14. But even if you should suffer, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will, then for doing evil. Submission and suffering. Well, our second point is the perfect example. Jesus is the perfect example of righteous and godly submission and suffering. Again, 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 23. For to this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. The greatest honor for any Christian is to be like Jesus, to be just like your master, to be just like your savior, to be just like your king. So when we submit to God and to men, and when we suffer unjustly, we share in a tiny portion of what happened to Jesus. To follow in the footsteps of Jesus means that people will turn against us. Let us all know that. To follow in the footsteps of Jesus means that people will turn against us. If we truly want to follow Jesus, Though we may say those words with our lips, if we truly want to follow Jesus, it means that we must submit obediently and suffer patiently and not seek retaliation against those who have hurt us. And as I said a number of months ago when I preached on this passage, 
This is not, it is not a natural way to live. Submission and suffering are not natural to the sinful human heart. It takes the supernatural power of God working through us to live this way. If we are to submit obediently and suffer patiently, we must have Christ in us. We must have the Holy Spirit empowering us. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 7, the prophet Isaiah said this of the coming Messiah. He said this of Jesus. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In the last phrase of verse 23 we read, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. When we submit obediently and suffer unjustly, we, like the Son of God, we are entrusting ourselves to him who judges justly. One thing that has stood out to me in these first three chapters is this. In everything we do, in everything we do, we are to think of our witness for Christ. We are to think of our testimony before a watching world. We are to do everything for the sake of the gospel. Folks, it's not about us. It's not about my comfort and convenience. It's not about your comfort and convenience. Everything we do is about our witness for Christ, about our testimony before a watching world. We are to do everything, literally everything we do is to be done for the sake of the gospel. Think of our master. We are his disciples. We are his followers. We have committed ourselves to, in obedience to him. Jesus is the Son of God. While he was suffering unjustly, while he was submitting to everything the Father had for him, he had the power to call down a legion of angels and to set him free. He could just say the word and all of heaven would have come to his aid. He could have stopped it at any point, at any moment. But he didn't. He didn't. He constantly, continually entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Undergirding, excuse me, undergirding Jesus' obedient acceptance of suffering. Undergirding his beautiful submission to the Father was an unshakable confidence in the righteous plan of him who judges justly. We are about to take the Lord's Supper in just a little bit. I want you to think with me this morning. To take the Lord's Supper. To celebrate his body and his blood. Is to recommit yourself to righteous and godly submission and suffering. 
to take the Lord's Supper is to recommit yourself to righteous and godly submission and suffering. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. This time, Elizabeth Davis is going to come and she's going to minister to us in music. And then after that, we will share the Lord's Supper together. <laughs>